if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. Joining me on the show today, I have the lovely, talented, and hilarious JP and Amber Sears. JP is a conscious comedian and emotional healing coach dedicated to helping people heal and awaken. Amber is a holistic business and lifestyle design coach for soul-powered women entrepreneurs. They are two of my dearest friends, and I am so excited to have them on that sex podcast to talk about how they create a deeply fulfilling relationship every day. This show is filled with laughter, a touch of awkwardness, and so much truth with a capital T. I love getting to bring you conversations with people I admire and respect so much. People I consider my friends, my family, and who I have the honor of learning from and growing with every day. My hope is that there is a nugget of wisdom here to help you on your journey as well. Enjoy the show. Now we're live. 
Yay. Yay, it's on. Thank you for having us, sister. Do these things work? I think so. Yay, I'm so excited. Like yeah. just to have you in this space, get to to have this conversation with you that y'all have no, no idea. <laughs> so, so ready. So excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I love your intro. I know I was telling you that before we went on air and I have a problem with it. Of course you do. So you, you mentioned you want to make sex like as readily available to talk about as the weather, uh-huh. but I have a lot of weather shame and I don't <laughs> like to talk about the weather. So I feel like you're misleading me to have more uh-huh. shame about sex. So what since this is a conversation that? about relationships, hearing that Amber, <laughs> what is, is this like pretty much how y'all's relationship goes? You know, um, a lot of people ask me that, like, does he just, I'll answer that question. No, I'm going to answer it. Thank you. <laughs> Um, he actually doesn't crack a lot of jokes like that. Normally it's only when he's around other people or when he's like on, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of recording something, does he really pull it out with me? He's, he's actually not himself a lot. It's like, Hey, have you ever been to the zoo? Uh huh. You know how like the, the <laughs> yes. animals are, they're just in their cages laying there all mopey. But if someone comes by, then they start like getting up and rubbing uh-huh. their back on the cage. That's what I'm like. Great. So are you saying like when you're with me, you're in a cage? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying you are my cage, babe. Oh, that yeah. sounded that good. incredible. That did, that did not sound uh, very positive. <laughs> you, yeah, I think this metaphor has gone downhill. I think, I think, yeah, you're just dug yourself I think this hole. is amazing. And I'm going to give you so much opportunity to explain <laughs> and elaborate on it further. Our relationship was better before we got on the podcast. Alexa, Basically. And I opened my mouth. Oh my gosh. So as you know, from hearing the intro mm-hmm. that this podcast is all about creating epic sex and deeply fulfilling relationships. To have you all on the show, of course, I do want to get into your sex life. And I don't know what other shows that you've been on that somebody has asked you all about your sex life. I would like to think that I am the first. You are. I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So we are going to get there, but I really want to focus on the deeply fulfilling relationships part Uh, because like in preparation for the show, I was having conversation with my EA Bryn and, and I sat down and I was like, okay, JP and Amber, Amber and JP. I'm thinking back on my journey with y'all and into friendship and everything. I was like, okay, so where do we begin? (laughs) Costa Rica and Vision Festival when Jordan, like I was just some, I don't know. I have this whole story in my head where I was like some chick Jordan's bringing around. You yeah, know, we, we like, still see oh, you that we way. Didn't, we didn't feel that way. <laughs> I did not feel that way at the time. JP might have felt that way. No. You know, it's just like, oh, who's like, who's this? And is she going to stick? And where did she come from? And I just, I had this whole story of like this. I came to, I came to this festival and he had this whole squad and I had a squad too, but it didn't really, like, it just had a very interesting feel. Um, and like meeting y'all and being in that space. And then not that long after going to your wedding and then not that long after moving to Austin and then not that long after we're about to welcome baby one. Like Mm -hmm. there's just such a cool, yeah, timeline and story Mm -hmm. and getting to see, like hearing some of how y'all got together and then piecing it, like y'all were in different locations and then coming together and then making all these really deep, powerful decisions for your lives individually. And then as a family, that's what I want to talk about because 
that is really hard. Like really, I mean, I'm sure it was hard to a degree for y'all and you have so many tools and so, so many things at your disposal to help you move through some of those challenging times. And I think even though it's like a perfectly, um, beautiful couple that's in the honeymoon phase of their relationship, there's some shit that comes up and lots of, lots of decisions that were made. And I know you moving from Costa Rica and all that. And so I want to talk about how you've moved through that and then deciding on Austin and creating the life that you have now, which I love being a part of. I know Mm -hmm. Jordan loves being a part of too, like getting to see and just like watching the belly grow and all that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. I could cry right now. And (laughs) and then JP posting, like my son is so handsome and it's an ultrasound picture. I'm like, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, but before we get into like the story of y'all coming together, I would love to take a little time having each of you talk about what was role modeled for you when it comes Mm -hmm. to relationships. So Mm -hmm. basically like growing up, what did you understand relationships were like? I'll start with you, Amber. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I had a relatively good example with my parents. They're still together today. Um, But definitely they had their dynamics that I wasn't a fan of, let's say. And I saw it really early on and I saw their, their challenges and they, I feel like they, they settled for, a mediocre relationship to put it bluntly, where it's just like, we're just going to go through the motions. And I feel like that's a lot of that generation too, is they, they just kind of were like, well, this is the way it's going to be. We're obviously committed together forever. My parents met when they were 18 and 19, married super young right after they, they met, ended up having us four years later, me and my sister. And so they grew up together, you know, but like, it's so beautiful. The way my dad looks at my mom still is so like, he's so madly in love with her still, even to this day. And they've been together for almost like 45 years. Mm. Um, but along the journey, they had a, you know, a couple rough bouts of potential divorce and financial struggles and just like trying to, my mom was like basically a full-time stay-at-home mom with us, raising us and also had her own business, um, from running, running out of the house. Basically she was a seamstress for many, many years. And, um, the dynamic was my dad was the provider. He was gone a lot. I rarely saw my dad. I saw him in the evenings at like, you know, seven to nine o'clock, but really it was just like, he'd have a glass of brandy, pass out, <laughs> go to work the next day. And it was like, I really didn't have a ton of time with my dad. I didn't really know my dad until I got older, um, like really emotionally connected to my dad. And now it's really great. I love having like deep dive conversations with my dad, but back then it wasn't the case. My mom raised us basically. And so I always felt like I was lacking that emotional connection to my dad. And like, that was a, um, so when it came to me thinking, okay, how do I want to, do I want to even think about marriage? Is that something I even want? Like for, for most of my life until I met JP, I never wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. I was very clear. I'm like, I don't want to be in like a contract where I feel like I'm forced to be with this partner for the rest of my life. I want to choose them every day. I want to actively sh- wake up every day and say, I choose this because it's amazing. And I'm going to keep up leveling it. And I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to learn the skills that my parents never learned. They didn't have access or maybe they just didn't look for it for coaches and things like that. They, they never hired anybody because I think they never thought it got bad enough that they needed to hire anybody to help them through their relationship challenges. Right. But it's like, um, I want to get on the forefront of that. I want to like make sure that we're having, we're creating the most epic relationship we can. And that takes work, a ton of personal work and collective work. But I feel like what I saw with my parents is they weren't necessarily willing to do the inner work right. on themselves to make their relationship better. They're kind of like, well, we'll just settle. Like this is, I guess this is just the way it is. When you were growing up, what would you have just determined? Because I imagine that to some degree you understood to the level that you could, you understood what was happening and what was unfolding. Was there 
um, I mean, I, I think about for me, whenever I was leaving the nest, so to speak, and like going into dating and relationships, my understanding was just don't do it like my mom. Exactly. And yeah. so anything other than that is going to be a success. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So is there any other marker for you that was like, this is what I understand to be successful. So I'm going to go seek that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, one thing that comes to mind right now is like, my mom was always really adamant with me, like never be dependent on a man mm -hmm. because she was, and she didn't like that. That's what it felt like. It felt like she was trapped in a relationship that she loved, but at the same time, there were a lot of challenges, but she felt like she could never leave because she would never be able to stand on her own two feet. And so she ingrained in me and my sister at a really young age, like you will take care of yourself. You will never be dependent on a man. And so that's played out in very interesting ways in my relationships where I'm like, I got me. And my partner's like, Hey, wait, but I'm trying to like provide for you. I'm trying to take care of you. And I'm like, Nope, I got it. I got me. Right. Mm -hmm. So interesting dynamics, but I went to like the polar extreme of, I got this, I'm going to take care of myself and I don't need a man, you know, that sort of mentality. Um, so yeah, it's been, I'd say like that, it taught me a lot about what I want in a relationship in terms of equality and how basically what I don't want, right? I saw right. what I don't want with them. Amazing. What about for you, JP? Yeah, I, I would say I, I didn't have any modeling of the way I would want a relationship to be. Mm -hmm. And just like Amber said, I saw a lot of what I don't want. And at the time I was seeing it, I didn't know this is the model of what I don't want. I just thought like, well, this is what relationships are where there's always an undercurrent of fighting, whether it's okay. We're just like disconnected, passive aggressive, talking behind each other's backs or yelling and screaming. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's just always like, that's the dynamic. And sometimes it's just louder than others. And, and with my parents, they're, I, I, that I'm aware of, I never saw emotional intimacy modeled and I, and I love my parents. They're yeah. Like all those disclaimers. I love yeah. them. And you know, even to this day, they don't have what I would call emotional intimacy. So yeah, I, I, what I had modeled for me was a lot of disconnected companionship and it's now it, it serves me because I, I can, feel into like, Oh, I'm like, I'm sliding into that thing that was modeled for me. And, you know, it's kind of like now I can better know what to do because I know what not to do. And I'm, I've got some awareness about it and some feeling oriented awareness about it. Some being the keyword, but I would say the, the only relationship I can think of when I was in my younger years that that I would call functional and inspirational was my original mentor uh, or one of my original mentors, a guy named John McMullen met him when I was 22. It was December 3rd, 2002, <laughs> just uh, in case we're keeping track. Uh -huh. And or I'm sorry, two, 2003. And he and his wife, they were so playful, so joyful and, and they would have conflict, uh, at times like that. They weren't like disconnected from reality, but they were the first relationship I saw where like, Oh, there's active joy happening. So that definitely woke me up. And of course, working with John at a, you know, emotional, spiritual level for many years helped 
me cultivate access to some of that being possible within myself and within uh, and with my beautiful partner Amber. <laughs> I was like, how I was mad. Yeah, my beautiful partner Amber. I was I'm surprised that he didn't say Amber Sears. Yeah, Amber Lee Sears. <laughs> Amber Lee Sears. My wife. wife. Yep. Mother of my child. <laughs> All the ownership. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. The wonderful lady who is on loan to me in this lifetime who I cherish. And I kind of dug that one. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you, Alexa. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically this. This. uh it's the same for y'all that I would say is yeah. for me and probably for Jordan, if you were a part of the conversation too, which I almost roped him into, he's uh, busy doing other creative things. Uh, but him too would have said the same kind of things. Like I did not see the thing that I knew that I like, I don't even think that I knew that I wanted. I knew I didn't want that. I wasn't sure what then I would do. Yeah. Like, right. how do I not What's recreate the only thing I've ever known? And for me, it was a revolving door. Yeah. It was a revolving door. Men were in, men were out. My mom had a, a stint of, I like spicy men. So mm -hmm. my father is from Puerto Rico, my biological father. And then my stepfather right behind him was also from Puerto Rico. I was like, this is getting strange, but I just knew like, don't do that. So then what's the, what's the process? So it is like the deep grimy, gritty work. Cause I, I feel like for me, this is some of the greatest personal development work that I love or do is myself in relationship to my partner. A thousand percent. And, yeah. and well, how do I really have to show up if I really don't want this thing? And I really do want that thing. Cause I'm clear on the things that I do want now. And I, I can see it in instances when I am actively choosing not to do the thing that will get me <laughs> to what I ultimately want and True. desire. So I'm grateful that I was able to do whatever it took by the universe's hands, God hands or something that led like Jordan and I to connecting on social media <laughs> because yeah. like, that's how, that's how this happened is that Jordan found me Facebook live, this whole story. And then right after that, goodness, we connected and a couple weeks later, we were in an envision festival. Yeah. So, and I remember him saying like, I want, I want you to meet one of my best friends and his new fiance so, and I think, cause I think that y'all had just, it was kind of around that time or maybe y'all were just prepping oh, it to, was, yeah, it, it was, was a couple, relatively couple, recent. couple months. Yeah. Of engagement. Yeah. Cause we yeah. got engaged in September and envisions yeah. in March. Yeah. yeah. So our yeah. wedding was like four months after envision. Yeah. Crazy. Oh <laughs> man. It was so much fun. I loved being in the Redwoods, but anyway, I'm jumping the gun here. So, <laughs> cause that's the only other time that I, that's the only time that I've been in the Redwoods and like dying to go back, but it is just breathtaking. Up it there. is gorgeous. So. You know, y'all met at an event. Did y'all have any awareness of who either of you were before you wound up going to that event? And if y'all want to kind of share the story, I would love that. Um, so I knew of JP. I'd seen a couple of his videos uh, at that. She was point, my biggest fan. No, I, I, I definitely wasn't. Actually, I was actually very <laughs> offended by your videos. Let me just be real. Um, so because I watched like this if meat eaters acted like uh, vegans and I've been vegan for 11 years, y'all who are listening here. Um, so I was a, a little triggered by that one. I was like, he's clearly never been vegan. Like I was so on my high horse about that. And then he did another one about Instagram yogis, which was totally me. Like I was the girl doing dancer on the waterfalls in Costa Rica. So he nailed me pretty good. It was really funny. Um, but I remember when I, when I was going to meet him, I figured out he was part of the faculty at this retreat 
um, which we were both teaching at this retreat called International Tribe Design. And um, when I, I was walking up to meet him, I was like, he's going to be really cool or he's going to be a complete asshole like his character in, in the videos. Mm-hmm. A little sarcastic, you know, guy. Anyway, he turned out to be super amazing. I, I met him and I was like, oh, wow, he's so different than the character he plays. Um, but it was really, really, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll continue with the magic after that. But did you know of me before? I don't think so. No, uh, I didn't, you know, I had in yeah. the, the retreat, like Instagram post, I saw, oh, Amber's one of the teachers out of, I don't know, five or six teachers. So that's all I knew of her. Uh, but when she rocked up to the retreat, she was late. By, I don't know, a couple hours. I'm like, eh. Costa Rican highways, let me tell you. Yeah. They're, Seven hours instead of four to get to Arno. Yeah. So she rocked up, the whole retreat circled up, I don't know, 60 people or so. And I remember thinking, like, hey, this lady, she's here teaching and she's late. Like, ah, like it had mm-hmm. my judgments. But uh-huh. I was immediately struck by the just the power in the way she was standing and, and obviously your physical beauty, but I, I was definitely struck by her in, in my first real awareness of my lady. Yeah. So we had about four days, you know, on this retreat together and it was so funny. I felt like the universe was pushing us together the whole time because we got to know each other that first night over dinner, just kind of chatting briefly here and there, kind of joking and stuff. But I found myself like really giddy around him, which was very weird for me. Cause I'm like, why am I so like, I feel like a teenager around him. Cause you were highly sexually attracted to me. I, my, my soul knew something was special with Your you. Your soul was highly sexually attracted to I me. I think so, babe. <laughs> Your soul was very um, horny. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so throughout the, the retreat, it was like, we would, we were both like the first up in the morning. I'd get up at like six and maybe down there drinking coffee. And he was the, always the first one down there too. And I'm like, this is weird. So we'd sit and talk and have coffee. We did that almost every morning, if I can remember correctly. And then it was like, um, I'd be walking out of the bathroom. He'd be walking into the bathroom. I'd be walking down the trail. He'd be walking up the trail. Like it was like, we could not avoid each other. We just kept running into each other. And there's like 60 people at this retreat. Mm. So it was a lot of people to interface with throughout the day. But um, I just remember feeling like every time we had deep dive chats, we ended up like doing hikes together and talking about our childhood and our parents. And and I ended up sharing with him about the relationship I was in at the time. So I was actually at the tail end of a relationship at, um, when I met him. So we were just getting to know each other as friends, really. But by the end of that retreat, it was so clear to us. There was something super powerful, uh, unexplainably powerful between us. And I'll let you share what you said at the end. But he basically, we went up to each other at the end of the event. And I was like, I don't know what, like, what this is, but I, I have to know this person. I have to find a way to get to know this person. And I also need to get out of this broken relationship I'm in. Um, because if this, what's po- if this is what's possible in terms of a partner, um, I'm going to choose that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't remember word for word what I said to my beautiful lady, but it was something to the effect of, you know, I'm shaking inside like I'm it's vulnerable, but I, I just grabbed her hand and said, I, I have real feelings for you and I know you're, um, in a relationship Yet I just want you to know how I feel about you. And uh, yeah, and I, I think I also shared with you that I felt feelings inside of me that I have never felt before. So, and then you shared, you liked me too. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm feeling this too. And it's wild. Like it was so strong. So I would call it like soul recognition. It was very deep. It was very much beyond the mind. It was like, oh, our souls recognize each other. Like, oh, this is, this is why nothing else ever worked out. 
And soon after it became very clear that that was the path. There was like two weeks later, I ended up having a blowout fight with my ex, my, my partner at the time. So, um, ended that relationship had a negative fallout with that. And he was a business partner as well. So, um, unfortunately, uh, that was really horrible period of time for me. And, um, but along that journey, I reached out to JP, I think maybe a week later. And I was like, Hey, I would really love to get to know you. I don't know where this may go, but I just want you to know, I, I ended it with my ex and I would really love to get to know you. And so we started talking on uh, FaceTime almost every night for like an hour or two. And just getting to know each other online was the best thing ever because there was nothing getting in the way physically that would just right. kind of alter it. Yeah. At the time, Amber, I think you know, Alexa, but for the, everybody else, Amber was living in Costa Rica and I was living All in time. Charleston, South Carolina at the time. Mm-hmm. So there, there was some distance. Uh, yeah, yeah. Major distance. And also he was like on a book tour and I was running on my back-to-back retreats in Costa Rica. Like there was no way we could see each other physically for months. So we're like, well, let's get to know each other online. And that was so wonderful because then we really got to talk deeply about the things that matter to us and get to know each other before we were together physically. And then three months after we initially met three months or so in March, he came down for 10 days and we're like, all right, this is going to go really well or really awful, but we're going to just jump in. We got a 10 day like date in Costa Rica. And I was like, I'll take you around. I'll show you all the fun stuff I, I love to do. See if you like Costa Rica. Did she feed you ayahuasca? She, <laughs> she did not feed me ayahuasca. I didn't I, push it on him. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, on the ayahuasca note, um, you know, Amber at the time was running retreats all the time where she'd take people to the medicine woman and there'd be ayahuasca ceremonies, but I just, I wasn't feeling the call. And she, yeah. just like she said, she never pushed it on me, which was important for me. And then Super I think it was maybe, I don't know, it, it might've been nine months into our relationship was then my first ayahuasca experience where she had a group. I was in Costa Rica. I'm like, mm, yeah, I feel a genuine call in my heart. So if there's a spot open, I'd love to jump in. Yeah. And we did. But your first 10 days was not for ayahuasca. No, it was, it was just adventure and fun. It was human medicine working through us. Great. Yeah. But Spirit. after that, it was very clear, like, okay, like this is it. We're going to, we're going to be together now. How the hell do we make this work? We live in different yeah. countries. Yeah. And so that was really challenging initially for that first year and a half or so where we were doing back and forth. Like he'd come to see me for a week or two, really couldn't stay very long with his, his work. And I could go up for longer periods of time, like a month or two. Um, cause I, once I had breaks, I could go up and stay with him in Charleston, but it took us a year and a half of doing that to be like, this sucks. Like we hate being apart for more than two weeks. It's so brutal for us. And so finally, you know, once he proposed, it was like, okay, we've, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've, my whole life is in Costa Rica. I've got to make a decision here. Either I never see my husband and we try to do long distance and I try to do six months in Costa Rica and keep that dream alive. Or I just completely exit Costa Rica. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. Yeah. So you grazed past the, then he proposed dot, 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 dot. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear about the proposal. Yeah. So I proposed nine months after we met. And as Amber shared, we met at a retreat run by a friend of ours at the retreats called International Tribe Design. And I proposed in Montana, just out of Glacier National Park at the next International Tribe Design retreat, because, you know, our dear friend Daniel Eisenman runs a retreat and said, hey, if you guys can come, we'd love to have you. And we're like, yeah, like Glacier National Park sounds like a beautiful time. So we went and. And, and I backtrack though. Okay. But we're bookmark that <laughs> Glacier National Park. Before I propose though, when I was on the plane 
to go see Amber in Costa Rica for our first date, I was writing in my little purple journal, it feels like I'm going to meet my future wife. So I, even before we shared our first kiss, I just had a feeling like, hmm, Amber's going to be my wife. And then, so as the Montana trip jumped onto the map, probably, I don't know, a, a month or two out, I would have musings in my mind of like, oh, maybe I'll propose to Amber in Montana. But I only, had no idea. Yeah. But only if it feels right. Like I knew it felt right to propose, but I didn't want to like force it in a situation like we're in Montana and we're in a group of people with great friends. Jordan was there mm-hmm. and. But it's like, OK, well, let me just see if it feels right. I play by ear and I told zero people that I was not none of my friends, no family, no just, one in the crowd. No one knew yeah. only you knew. So, and he didn't have a ring either. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't a priority, which I totally get why I like to jump first without looking kind of person uh-huh. ready, fire, aim. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, in the retreat there, we are in, we were in a, a big tent outside the glacier national park, huge tent where like group activity activities were being run. And, Amber and I had just facilitated a relationship workshop where we're sharing perspectives on relationships. And at the end, I, I asked the group, cool. Um, do y'all have any more questions? Nobody did. Or maybe they did, but we answered them. And then I asked Amber, anything else for you? And she said, no, like, cool. We're good. And I said, well, I have one more thing to ask. Did you know, like, Maybe. I, you know, as soon as he said that, I I saw his lip like quivering and I was like, what's happening here? And then he turned to me and I was like, what is he doing? It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I asked Amber if she would marry me and. And the whole crowd goes crazy. Of yeah, course. They it, was, it was amazing. And an amazing moment. We had, you know, a number of close friends there. And yeah. then of course, some awesome people that we were just meeting for the first time on that several day long retreat. So. Yeah. And like, I'll never forget Amber's face. And just coincidentally enough, someone had pulled out a phone and turned video recorder on like 10 seconds before I proposed. I didn't know it. And so it was really beautiful to be able to watch it back and like watch the, like just the emotional wave punch Amber in the face. I was laughing and crying all at the same time. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. It's just all coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was beautiful though. Mm -hmm. Super special. So eventually you did get her a ring. How did you feel about the proposal happening without a ring? You know, I was actually okay with that because honestly, I think purchasing a ring ahead of time without having the woman's thoughts or or feels risky. It's a very risky investment. Like wedding rings are not cheap. And Mm. she, he really didn't know. I think what I wanted either, like we never talked about it. So I think that was a really smart move. And honestly, it was actually really cool because Daniel Eisenman was like making this like ring randomly. All randomly. Extremely random. He had like this twine wood ring thing he had just made. And he's like, Oh, I have a ring you can use. And I'm like, what? Like it was the synchronicities Uh, were crazy. I remember just being like, this is, this feels so magical. So good. I love it. And Alexa, can I say one more thing? Say two more things. So at that time when I proposed going back to what Amber was saying, she's still living in Costa Rica. I'm still living in Charleston, South Carolina. We're making the distance work. I'm down there as much as I can be. She's up in the States as much as she can be. But at that point, we we didn't have any plan how to make it work. And I loved that 
you know, we, we weren't in our heads. Like we have to psychologically figure out this so that love can work. I think love was the bigger thing and, and the realizations of how it's supposed to work were, you know, received by our heads later. There's a, a book I'm reading. It's on the back of our toilet. It's called the I'm lion, kidding. the lion's trackers guide. So I've seen that a few times cause I've used your toilet and I've always wondered yeah. what it's about. And I've <laughs> so, never picked it up. I've never been in there long enough to actually look at the book. But every time I go lion's tracker, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's a, about a lion tracker in South Africa, but the guy is like spiritually in tune and finds life lessons all over the place. But there's a quote in that book that is just really profound. And I think it's speaks so much to how, our relationship was and still is and everything else in life. And the quote is, I don't know where I'm going, but I know exactly how to get there. Mm. And the know exactly how to get there part is I'll follow my heart and do what I'm inspired to do with the next step. So like I'm inspired to propose I'm doing that. I don't know where we're going, (laughs) but I know we will get wherever we're going if I keep following my heart and just like the lion's tracker, they have no idea where the lion is, but they know exactly how to get there. If they follow you know, one track to the next track to the next clue. So I, I think that's a beautiful way to live relationships. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, like the rest of life, like when I'm not in my head screwing things up, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going, but I do know exactly how to get there. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's such a beautiful reminder. Even for me now, I've been putting so much priority on having vision. Where are we going? Yeah. Like I need to know that this is the direction, you know, and I, and I, I put a lot of value on that. And I think that that definitely has a, uh, serves a role and has a place. And I think like for Jordan and I, the beginning of our relationship was very much that. What are we going to do? Like whenever I, I agreed to go to Envision, I agreed to go to Costa Rica to meet him there. It was like all signs were pointing me to go there. People, I've never been asked more times if I'm going to that particular festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never been asked again, maybe except yeah. for the people that I met there. They're like, oh, are you going to mm-hmm. go this year? Oh, yeah, us neither. We're not going to go either. You know, like why was so many people trying to get me there? And then I said, yes, I mean, of course, we'd met very briefly before. And he was ready to be in love with me and I was ready to participate, but I wasn't like, I didn't have any depth to like our, our connection. We just knew there was something there. And then it was really at Envision how we crawled around and poured on us. And we just had to do the next step. What is the next thing that we're going to do and following the heart and then getting to the moment of, well, you have a flight to new Orleans and I have a flight back to California but I have a companion pass. Mm -hmm. So what if I just make you my companion and you skip your flight? And then it was like a series of exactly what you said. I don't know how this is going to work. I have a lease to finish out in Louisiana. You have all of these different things. And it was along, along that journey. Eventually you've got to a point like we're now we're creating the, not just the foundation. Cause I believe that that was creating our foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, but now it's where, now we're going to consciously actively participate in where this train is going. And <laughs> because yeah. before it was like, we're just going to go to the next stop and maybe we're going to get off. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we're going to stay on. Mm-hmm. And now it's yeah. Planning. And I think maybe a little bit of that is present for y'all, especially since little ones on the way, but again, that is jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. So, um, going into your wedding, had y'all bought the house in Austin yet? 
Yeah. yeah. So we, we had such an interesting scenario where, you know, JP had sold his home because we, we knew we were getting married soon, right? We won't plan the wedding in June. And we were trying to figure out where do we want to live? Cause I was like, Charleston's cute, but I don't want to live there. Yeah. And, it, and I didn't either. An yeah. old relationship took me there. So it was never home, home for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, so he was happy to sell the house. The house sold in like 24 hours. Really great. Wow. And so, but then he was on tour doing his, his comedy um, routine around the country. And I was like, well, I can meet you before the wedding. So we ended up touring for three months prior to the wedding. Yeah. So we, in a, we bought our house here in mm-hmm. Austin three months prior to the wedding. Right. So we met in Austin. Yeah. I think I left Guatemala and I met you in Austin and we did house hunting. Is that the, I think that's yeah. the, story, the way it went. Yeah. And the missing piece to that story was before we bought the house six months earlier, we both came to Austin. I had a speaking gig here for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Amber came with me At, on it. And we didn't know, like it, we had zero premonition of like, let's look for a place in Austin and like, maybe we'll move to Austin. But just during that weekend, the feeling found us like, again, we didn't know where the hell we were going, but we knew how to get there. And the next knew how to get there step was we found the feeling here in Austin where we're like, oh, yeah, maybe so we should move vibe. to Austin. Mm-hmm. So it, by the way, that wouldn't have been something we could have premeditated when I proposed, like, where should we live? Like, no way we could have came up with Austin. Yeah. Very that, random. Yeah. That step was to be discovered like three, four months later. So yeah, then we bought our house in, in March of 2018. And then you got, manipulated and coerced us and we moved here too. Moved here too. Oh yeah. Y'all we were like, so mm-hmm, you gotta come. Easy to manipulate. Gun to the head. Yeah. We're I think we're like the best promoter salespeople of Austin ever. We're like, yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Just here's come. the brochure. Just yeah. <laughs> You're never leaving. Yeah. Welcome such to the a, Austin Vortex. Yeah, such an amazing community. And the vibe was like very palpable from the minute we landed. We're like, wow, there's something really special here. And we were tr- we were considering like you know, Encinitas, North County, San Diego. I grew up in California. JP spent 10 years near Encinitas. So we're like, that's like a great place. We could definitely see ourselves living. But then it was like, well, do we want that quality life cost of living? Like, and Austin, we kept hearing such great things. When we came for that trip, it was like, I can see why people love it. Why don't we consider this? We ended up going, we met our real estate agents that day in Whole Foods. And they took us out the next day, Paul and Lindsay right. took us out the next day. We met them randomly at Whole Foods. They're like, oh, we're real estate agents. And do you want us to show you some houses? We're like, yeah. So the next day we went out and just fell in love with what we were seeing, the pricing and quality of life and decided, but we had to do a lease back for three months prior to the wedding before we could move in. So we're on tour living out of suitcases um, prior to the wedding. And then the day after our wedding, we moved into our house here in Austin. Mm. Mm. That is true. <laughs> she had those facts yes. chronologically accurate. Mm-hmm. Check out. So great. Ah, I love this so much. Thank you for sharing your love story. I'd like to think that here is the first time that you've told it exactly like that, but I don't feel like it is. Like maybe think, you've been, I think it is. I think that was a really? unique expression. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I mean, we talked about this before and how chances are I'm going to wind up asking you about your sex life and maybe mm-hmm. that's going to be the first time that you talk about it because I can't really talk about the baby that's on the way without talking about how the baby got here. Yes. It was Which sex. means that yeah. you are fornicating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So a couple things, <laughs> the role that along, along this journey, the role that, especially considering distance, there's so many people that are doing this, making this distant thing work until they can be in person and do the relationship in the way that, you know, is more fulfilling. I think, um, for people you know, to be able to be in each other's presence and all that. So 
the role that sex has played in your relationship along the way and up to now, because I know the role has recently been make baby, but the role that it's played, maybe some of the struggles and the distance and stuff that you've grown into, grown through. Sure. You want to dive in, sweetie? You want me to go? Sure. Yeah. You know, the, hmm. I, I think it's, it's evolving. And I think in the beginning, like, you know, a, any relationship, it's like the more sex, the better. Right. And then when we were doing distance uh, or Amber was going to Thailand to run a retreat and she's gone for a while and come back or I'm out on a weekend doing comedy shows, I come back. Then it was easy for the sex to be just powerful, passionate and great. And aside from those occurrences, you know, I noticed in myself, my, you know, my sex drive was just naturally going down and is like zero to do with not being attracted to Amber. So one of the struggles I had and challenges was like my sex drives just lower than it should be. And it's not like one of those evil shoulds. It's like, yeah, it was lower than I wanted it right. to be. And yeah, just to be transparent about a year ago, uh, I got on testosterone replacement therapy under the guidance of a doctor. And that's been a game changer like that, that noticeably improved my sex drive. Uh, and, and if that was the only benefit I got from TRT, it would be great. It, mm. it would be worth it. So amongst other things and, you know, with the kaleidoscope, that is our sex life. Yeah. I, I just like to share that. I know that's not necessarily the problem solver for everybody or, or challenge enhancer, but it's like, yeah, that was, that was important for us. But that is, that is a problem solver for a lot of people that in, are internalizing what their situation is, mm. you know, a lot more than we'll ever figure out. Like even you saying that publicly, like this is something that I went into. And then this was the thing that shifted it for me. I feel like some people, uh, the conversation comes up of low libido or low sex drive or something. And then they're immediately, the next immediate question is, well, have you checked your hormones? And then I think up to now is like, stop telling me to check my hormones, but, but really have you checked your, have you yeah. checked what's going on in the, yeah. the chemicals and the hormones and the things that are going on in your body? Cause there, that could be giving you clues totally. as to other things that you need to address in your life or supplement in your life so that you can like have the experiences that you want to have. And yeah, for some people, totally. it has nothing to do with their hormones. It has sure. all to do with a partner that they don't actually want to <laughs> have sex with. Totally. So that makes totally. a big difference. It's yeah. like, yeah, your, your, your hormones are fine. Do you actually like your partner? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Anyway. Totally. And I, I think there's uh, so many factors at play that affect sex and uh, to sh kind of piggyback off what JP was saying, like in the beginning, it was easy to be hot and heavy a lot of the time because we were constantly traveling and it was really fun. And I, you know, in the past, I had partners also that were kind of long distance where there's the, this energy of like, he's away and I don't get to touch him. And then when he comes back, it's like this awesome, explosive, exciting period. But then when we moved in together, it was like, oh, okay. So we don't necessarily, I mean, granted he was still traveling a lot. I was traveling a lot. So we kept it up for a while. Right. But then like, for example, with COVID, like this was a prime example of like, oh, we're in the house now. We're forced to be together all the time. We're both work from home. We're not traveling. There's not that variety. There's not that dynamic that can happen. That polarization that happens right. when one person leaves and they have solo time and you come back and there's that attraction, mm -hmm. that polarization that happens. So how do we create that now? You know, so that's been a really part of our process is 
figuring out how do we keep the passion alive and that polarity alive. And a lot of it has to do with the masculine and feminine energies. So we learned a lot. We went to date with destiny last year in December with Tony Robbins. And um, now we're working with an awesome relationship coach and all of the things that we're picking up on are related to kind of the energy dynamics. So as JP was speaking about libido, that was one piece of like, okay, I also was low in testosterone. And when you go and get checked out, a lot of people are nowadays, and that can really affect your sex drive. So when we both were doing all the supplementation and testosterone, it was like, all right, game on. We felt like teenagers mm-hmm. again. All right. Like there was actually a chemical thing going on with us. But beyond that, there's the mental emotional aspect, which right. is we are both we tend towards workaholism. I'll speak for myself, but I think JP does too. Um, <laughs> and so when I get into work masculine mode, my sex drive completely cuts off. And right. I'm like, it's like no, you're I'm fil- in like filtering that energy mode. and that direction that would be like, I call it, well, I was going to say like your metaphorical cock, but it's not, it's not your, it's your actual clit energy. I'm saying big clit energy. You're like directing it towards your purpose, you know, totally. Not your partner. <laughs> totally, totally. And so I had to really learn how to transition out of work coach hat mode where I put on my coach hat and I'm like solving problems mm-hmm. and getting shit done to how do I transition into my feminine more quickly and easily with JP, where I can drop into that playful, fun, carefree, flowy Amber yeah. that does exist. But during the week, I'm like, head down, let's get stuff done. Sure. So I have had to really learn how to balance those energies within me. And I'm still working on it. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect at it by any means, but I think I've gotten a lot better. When we were first together, I think uh, it was a, a default I wasn't proud of because it, it just it just took the, the flame out of our connection. Yeah, it's a default that I am very aware of yeah. within myself as someone who also step has stepped into creating a life and having a business and making decisions and having clients and now having somebody work full time and, and just having all of this directive. There are some times where it, the resistance is like so thick. You can like cut it with a knife. You can feel it. It's like, I want to do anything, but surrender to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got to listen this mile, mile long. We're right. You know, what has really helped for me, there's a couple of things. Um, if y'all want to hear yes. some stuff that, that helps yes. for me. Sure. The ritual aspect. Mm. There are, you know, I just did, a, I recorded a show earlier today that was all about sex magic and yeah. outside of the magical component, just the ritual piece of the getting ready to like, you're getting ready to meditate or you're getting ready. If you light the same candle or you do the same thing in this particular order, like there's a certain series of like, when I light this candle, I burn the Palo Santo, like in this particular way, my, my nervous system, everything starts to, it knows what's coming. Mm. So I immediately start to get into that, like this, the energy shifts around my chest and my heart and my throat yeah. and, you know, even the lower chakras. And there's a couple of playlists that as soon as that first song plays, it's like, it's, it's my body knows what, yeah. what is, is associated. Like y'all's body, I would say knows that once you have that distance and you like start to look forward to the distance so that then he, then, you know, he or she's back. And then it's like, bam, explosion again. And so there's like kind of training your body to know that those are the turn on receptors. And then they were taken away and it's like, oh, you're here all the time. And like, I just heard you fart and you brush your teeth weird and, <laughs> and you you're chewing really loud. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's no, it's like the opposite to polarizing, right? It's polarizing in a very different way. But anyway, I, I have had to take it upon myself to start the, like not not go into like, oh, we're going to have this elaborate sexcapade here, but I'm going to go light that candle. Mm. That's all I got to do because I know what's after that and what's after that. And there's a particular 
like blanket that sex happens because it's like the washable. It's called the companion. We have the companion blanket. Oh, I think it's hilarious. a local business here. Really? Also, That's funny. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, like I have this certain set of things and, and a lot of times that is coupled with our ritual where we journal and we do all these different intentions that go along with the sex, but I'll do that. I'll say, put on the XYZ playlist. Actually, it's the ketamine. I call it the ketamine playlist. We don't actually do ketamine to this playlist, but Jordan listened to this playlist when he was doing ketamine therapy at Illumina and here in Austin. And so I know, and this Andrew and Libby actually gave us this playlist and it's their ceremony playlist, whatever. But when that first song plays, I'm like, it's fucking on. Like, there's something my like masculine, logical brain that yes. like wants to do. It's just, but it, cause it knows like groovy and like primal. So, and I know you love music. I love music. It's like you get some playlists where it's just like, all of a sudden you hear JP plays it and your body's like, excuse me, <laughs> the fuck did you just, all right. I go. see what you're trying to do. You <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So <laughs> I love that. I love that that yeah. idea of like kind of training yourself like Pablo's dog. Like what can you yeah. use to trigger that inner shift? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. And it's a journey. Yeah. And I my ego comes up with very clever ways to try and figure out a way to wiggle out of it. And I'm like, well, well that's not how this goes. You can go cry in the corner later. <laughs> right now you're going to have an orgasm. Just shut up. Mm. <laughs> right? Turn off the brain. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it sounds like sex for y'all, a journey, yeah. you know, figuring it out like so many other people, yeah. right. To have a deeply fulfilling relationship, to have it be full spectrum. It's like a, an ongoing conversation of growth, of development, figuring it out. The next thing comes figuring it out. So yeah. eventually penis and vagina happen to come together literally figuratively in the right moment to bring up wilder yeah yeah i'm so i can't i'm like i'm aunt yeah. you're gonna be the best uh, aunt uh, ever Alexa. yes yeah. call me just lex i'm the cool aunt she is the cool aunt of course. I mean, i'm the one and i love like our friend a d always says like you know, and whenever, um, whenever shy, cause they just had their baby, like whenever shy wants to talk to JP, you know, he can learn how to be funny and he can learn how to be like light and hearted and he can learn basketball from Jordan. He can <laughs> learn about sex from Alexa. Like, <laughs> Great. Now I'm, now I'm everybody's sex coach. <laughs> I'm Dr. Ruth yeah, to, to everyone. You'll be Wilder's sex coach too. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I'm like When it comes to that awkward conversation, when it's like time for him to learn, we're like, here, Alexa. Exactly. I was like, oh, Lex, you're in. Yeah. yeah he'll awesome. be like, I just masturbated onto the back of the couch. It's like, yeah, go onto talk. the back of the couch in between the cushions. Yeah. Go <laughs> talk to Ann Alexa. Great. So anyway, a couple more questions and then thank you again for your time. Mm, but sir. I have one for you. More for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe one more plus that. But what are the things that you're considering as you step into first time dad? Mm. A lot, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and all of it's a mystery and I'm considering things and I truly don't know, like my considerations don't solve the mystery of the future. How will it be? How should I be? Mm-hmm. What will Amber be like? So some of the the mystery that I'm considering that probably won't really have, I won't have a real understanding of it's it. Fucking meta, until we're, Keep going. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you know the dynamic between Amber and I, you know, because now there's like a fourth thing. You know, it's always been like me and my energy, Amber and her energy, and then the collective of her and I. 
And now there's like a fourth thing, like wilder. So I think one of the things I'm considering is making sure we nurture the sacred garden that is our collective energy, Amber and I, rather than that garden getting neglected, weeds grow over it because we're just focusing on the new garden called Wilder, Her and I, like that that new thing right. that the three of us create. So I'm definitely considering that. You know, I'm uh, very aware of strong energies in me that are stimulated like out of the like provider um, sense and, and the way I provide is very linked to my purpose. So that's very, I, I love it. And, and just circling back real quick to something Amber mentioned. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm a workaholic or not uh, yet. What I will own is that masculine energy that you talked about, babe, that like doesn't serve you to like stay in after work hours that masculine energy serves the fuck out of me. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the man and I know all men and women have masculine feminine energies, but w for our polarity, we are served well when I bring strong masculine energy to the table. And part sure. of how I cultivate the erection of that mm -hmm. masculine energy is through my work. So, but you know, so I'm considering like, yeah, work uh, important for me and my family. And also like, non-work time right. with me and my family. Be so a dad. Yeah. And a husband and a husband. Yeah. So I'm considering all those like puzzle pieces that are not together yet. Mm. I'm yeah. It's, it's so beautiful to sit. It's, it's really beautiful to grab the popcorn um, and sit <laughs> for, for you two. And then Michael and Adi as well, who at some point I'll have on the show too, whenever they're not, you know, dealing with a newborn, Yeah. but I'm so grateful to get to like hang out, on the outskirts, be the aunt, let Jordan be uncle Jordan and like show up in this way so that we can just get a feel yeah. for how this goes down. Um, and it's so special to watch people go at parenting and bringing a child into the world in such a different way. Mm -hmm. Like I, my mom got married to my biological father when she was eight months pregnant. I was either an accident or a miraculous surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I was not planned, not Sorry. on purpose. It yeah. happened. So it would, it, you know, served a purpose. Here we are. But like to watch two people go into, I have never experienced people going into bringing a child into the world because they wanted that child. Yeah. Mm. It's wild. Wilder. It's wild. <laughs> He's going to get that his <laughs> whole life. Oh my God. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of, that is the other question that I have for you. Yeah. Um, the name. Hmm. Yeah. So for me, for me, that name is everything. Oh my gosh. Because it really speaks to how I hope he lives his life wild and free. Um, for me, yeah, we, we were, we were looking at baby names and, um, we liked two names, two names really stood out to us, Maverick and Wilder, two really strong names. And then I had a dream two, two days before we found out the sex of the baby. Cause we actually thought we were having a girl. We were like super committed. We're like, we are definitely having a girl. We were like so excited about this really wasn't thinking. I mean, that was our preference, let's say. Yeah. So we found out we're having a boy, but two days prior when we were camping together as a group, I had this dream and for the first, and I rarely remember my dreams. Very, very rare. 
And in this dream, the first time I've ever seen a baby in my dream and it's wilder and he's sitting on this little like baby seat upstairs in the bathroom. And I'm like, and I say his name in the dream. I'm like, Wilder, why are you up here by yourself? And I pick him up and I look at him in the mirror and I see his face and his body and I see myself in the mirror with him. And I'm like, this is crazy. Never had a dream with a baby, nor did I expect I would actually say the name in the dream. So then the next day I woke up and I was like, it's so funny, babe. I had this dream where there was like this boy and, and we call, I called him Wilder. And I was like, it's so funny. We're gonna have a girl though. And the next day I find out we're, we're having a boy. And I was like, well, it's definitely Wilder. That's definitely his name. Totally. Yeah, that's yeah. when we stopped discussing what are we going to name him? And it was yes. more Amber telling me this is what we're going to name this him. This is it. And this is name Wilder. I love the name. Yeah. Oh, it is, it, it is an essence that I, I hope he uh, embodies. We'll, yeah, we'll definitely raise him in a way to facilitate his ability to embody wild wildness in whatever way that's, yeah, I I almost think it's more important that like, we just, we let him be as wild as he is. And, you know, if he's like, I'm going to be an accountant, okay, (laughs) like do that, be a wild accountant. <laughs> be a free accountant. Yeah. <laughs> you just change up those keys and rearrange them every now yeah. and then just to, you know. He's like, I fudge the numbers because fuck it. I'm wild. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> All right. Thank you both. Let's round it out. Okay. I lied when I said I had just one question for each of you. Let's just end on one. Sure. Because it feels appropriate. Out of all the things that you've learned so far and all the things that you can consider that you haven't learned yet, if you yeah. could leave the show. Um, giving a piece of wisdom or advice if they haven't gotten something already in listening to you. I'd love for you to share something that that you'd like to give Mm -hmm. to the listeners that has to do with them cultivating a truly deeply fulfilling relationship, whether that's with self or their partner. Mm. The first (laughs) first thing that comes up for me is when I am emotionally charged and upset with Amber, Amber is not who I think she is in those moments. I am seeing my unresolved, emotionally traumatized inner child. That's on the mirror of Amber. So at times I think I'm looking at Amber, but I'm always seeing my unresolved self when I am most emotionally charged with Amber. So yeah, I need to remind myself and I invite others to take from this in a way that works for them in their relationship. When I am most emotionally upset at Amber, she is not who I think she is in those moments. Whoa, you called that real quick. You did not even need to take a pregnant pause. <laughs> Amazing. Came right in. Amazing. Um, you know, for me, I'd say, man, there, there's something about trusting your intuition and trusting your heart and trusting the sensations you're feeling when it comes to choosing a partner and committing fully, it's like, you got to go all in. And I, I see, I see there's in other people. And I've also experienced this, of course, myself where there's doubt and there's, I, I don't know. And you're kind of half at half in right. One foot in one foot out. And with us from the beginning, it was just, we were all in there. There was no doubt that we were moving forward, whether it was marriage or not, we were, we were going to be together And there was the loyalty and commitment that I felt from him was just like, okay, I can, I can show up this way too. And so trusting that soul connection, that, that deep, deep intuitive knowing, um, will carry you through all the challenges. So no matter what we go through, that connection never, ever fades. And that commitment and loyalty never fades. I've never seen JP look at another woman. I'm not that it would bother me if he did, but like, it's just like, there's, there's a commitment level and a loyalty that. Um, is priceless. And there's never a, there's, there might be 
the house falling on top of the foundation, but the foundation is always solid. And it's never something I worry about ever. And I think that's, that's priceless. So building that foundation is key. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for so having us, sister. Good. And I'm so grateful to be part of y'all's lives. I know Jordan is as well. Congratulations. And thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.